الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله قال الله سبحانه وتعالى في القرآن المجيد بعد عوض بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وكذلك جعلناكم أمة وسطا وقال تعالى وإن عاقبتم فعاقبوا بمثل ما عوقبتم به ولا إن صبرتم له خير للصابرين صدق الله العظيم My respected elders and brothers, mothers and sisters, students Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made this ummah a ummah that upholds the principle of moderation. The Prophet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Baqarah, and in this manner we have made you an ummah of moderation. So that you may bear testimony on the day of judgment, on the plains of, uh, of Hashr, against all those who denied Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As the narrations explain that people will come and, and the prophets will come and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask the various nations, did your prophet not warn you about this day? Did your prophet not fulfill his obligation? For example, prophet Nuh or prophet Lut, etc. So they will say, no, he did not. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask the prophet and of course the prophet will say, I did, ya Allah. I've done everything possible to declare your greatness and to spread your message. But my people did not want to listen. They refused to listen. So at that time, a group of people will rise up. And they will come to the witness, test, witness stand and they will say, Ya Allah, your Prophet has spoken the truth and the nation has lied. Your Prophet has definitely done justice and has fulfilled the rights of spreading the message, but his people did not listen. So the people will look at the people who are standing at the witness stand and they will say, Who are these people? We have never seen them before. Where do they come from? And it will be answered to them that this is the Ummah and the nation of Prophet ﷺ, Prophet Muhammad ﷺ. So they will say, who are these? They came thousands of years later. They never witnessed us and what our situation was with the Prophets. How do they have the ability to, to come today and stand and to give testimony against us? So the answer will be given that they were the recipients of the Qur'an. They were recipients of the Qur'an, although they were the last of people. But they got the report of the entire people, entire nations that had come prior to them. And based on the reports of the Qur'an today, they stand up and they give a testimony. So that's a status that this ummah is going to be given. And Allah says that, وَكَذَلِكَ جَعَلَّاكُمْ أُمَّةً وَسَطَى لِتَكُونُوا شُهَدَاءَ عَلَى النَّاسِ So that you all, this ummah can be a test, bear witness and be, uh, 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 give testimony tomorrow on the Day of Judgment against all people when needed. وَيَكُونَ الرَّسُولُ عَلَيْكُمْ شَهِيدًا And the Prophet ﷺ himself will be a witness for or against us. So one aspect of Islam is moderation in everything. When, and this is a very lengthy topic obviously. Vener when it comes to venerating our elders and our prophets and our mashayikh and whatnot, moderation. That we are supposed to venerate and respect our prophets, all prophets. So we will not do what others have done by accusing them of committing major sins and accusing them of committing horrendous crimes. We will say the prophets are ma'asum, are protected from sin and they cannot, they're infallible, they cannot commit sin. But then we also stay away from the extremism of joining the prophets and giving with God Himself and giving them divinity. And saying that a prophet could possibly be, for example, a son of God. We stay away from that extremism as well. Moderation in the way we deal with our prophets. Moderation in the way we deal with righteous people besides the prophets. 
that they are very pious possibly, very good. We should follow them in their good. But at the same time, we will not say that they are saints that are protected from God Almighty, that they can never sin. They're infallible. Whatever they do, even their wrong is right. We don't say that. We'll say everyone besides the prophets can slip. So we give all due respect to the awliya, mashayikh, pious people. But if they commit a sin, if they commit a mistake, we're not going to sit there and say, how did that happen? How is that possible? Is Islam the true religion or not? Etc, etc. We don't fall into that trap. Because they're human beings. And as human beings, anyone besides the prophets can fail and falter. So again, we don't go overbound by prostrating to their graves, by making dua to them after they've died, after they've passed away, etc, etc. And at the same time, we're not going to say that we're all the same. Don't tell me this scholar's name, don't tell me this shaykh's name. We're all the same, we're all human beings, equal. No one is more God-fearing, no one is more closer to Allah, it's all the same. We don't say that either. So we follow moderation in dealing with our scholars, mashayikh of the past, present, uh, whatnot. Moder- moderation when it comes to dealing with our human, uh, with human relations, wives, husbands, children, parents, Muslims, non-Muslims, regardless of that. There are tens and tens of rights that all of them have upon us. We all are well aware of the respect that we are, it is obligatory upon us to give to our parents, as mentioned clearly in the Qur'an. We, we hear about it, may Allah give all of us the ability to put into practice. Ameen. But right after, second unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ ihsana. Worship Allah, fulfill His rights, وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ ihsana, And be kind to your parents. That's clearly mentioned. So there's, there's so much emphasis on, on respecting the parents. But Allah also makes it clear. If they force you and they push you into ascribing a partner with me that which you have no knowledge about, meaning if they ask you to ascribe partners with me and do something that goes against what I have told you to do as God Almighty, then do not obey them. Moderation. Fulfill the rights, kiss their feet, wash their feet, do whatever you need to do. But as long as it doesn't go against what Allah Himself, via Himself through the Qur'an, or via the Prophet Muhammad wasallam has instructed you to do, as long as there's no contradiction between that, you will obey them. So my friends, we are taught to love humanity, we're taught to love families, we're taught to love creation, animals, plants, everything, that's part of it. But even in that love, there's moderation. Unconditional love, that people ask from each other today is something that Islam doesn't promote. Unconditional love with one and only one. Almighty Allah and His Messenger and His Messengers. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa our Prophet. Unconditional love because we know they're protected, they're preserved from, from making any mistakes by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Besides that, everyone else, our love is there and we're gonna fulfill the rights. But if there is uh, our love has to be with laws and uh, you know rules that are followed. If those laws and rules are broken, then obedience is no longer there. Like I tell you, there's no one who demands more obedience from us than our parents. There's no one who has a greater right upon us than our parents. Of course, besides Allah and His Rasul, I'm talking about from the average human beings. But Allah set down the rule clearly. 
if they force you to uh, commit shirk, then you do not obey them and you have to obey me. Absolutely no obedience to the creation if it entails the disobedience of the creator. No obedience to the creation if it entails disobedience to the creator. So when we, see, when we hear about being good human beings and, and uh, being accommodating and having good character, all of that is good and needs to be practiced and the, and the hadith is replete with narrations promoting that. But there's a limit to that. That limit is as long as it does not go against what Allah and His Rasul have asked us to do. When it comes to that, then we leave it. Allah Jalla Jalalu talks about this all over in the Quran. But when we're speaking about specifically one aspect which of, of relations, social relations is what we call love and hate. Both of these things we've been taught to have moderation, not just love. No such thing as unconditional love, and we may add also no such thing as unconditional hatred. There's no such thing as all-out love, and no such thing as all-out hatred. There is no one that we have to say, that we have to uh, uh, close our eyes blindly, no matter what happens, and follow. Love and in hate. The Prophet ﷺ narrated in a hadith related by Imam Tirmidhi, the, uh, on the authority of Abu Hurairah an. He gave us a golden beautiful rule regarding these social dealings and specifically about love and hatred. And he said in this very nice sounding rhyming hadith, he says, Ahbib habibaka hawnamma asa'an yakuna baghidaka yawmamma wabghid baghidaka yawmamma asa'an yakuna habibaka yawmamma Ahbib habibab Hub comes from the meaning of love, right? It means in the love. Ahbib love. This is a verb. Command. Ahbib. Amr. Ahbib habibak. Love your beloved. Habib. Bama'na mahbub. Your beloved. Ahbib habibaka. Love your beloved. Hawnamma. Hawnan. Here it means a little bit. You know. Some have explained this as hawn as little bit. Some have explained it as malit tankir. To make it yani, general. Not specific. Rasulullah is leaving it unspecified. That love, but I'm not going to tell you uh, the parameters of it. Don't overdo it, basically. I'm not saying that, you know, love them too much. Love them, but take it easy in that love. And this is for your own benefit. Now, we're not even talking about because that beloved is going to uh, tell you to do something against Allah, and then tomorrow on the day of judgment or in the grave, you're going to suffer for that. We're talking about right here in the world. It is very probable possible that that day that beloved one day becomes your own enemy someone who you hate or he hates and he you hate him because he hates you tables turned and even that enemy of yours if you have to hate them for some reason if you have to keep your distance from them if you have to break your ties from them then do so in a in a moderate manner in a moderate manner without being too excessive because it is very possible that one day that person will become your friend. Now let's understand this beautiful hadith. The Prophet is saying that if you have this relationship between friends, between work co-workers, between business partners, between unfortunately spouses, a very close relationship, that's great, mashallah, fulfill each other's rights and whatnot. But that love should not go out of bounds where a person spills everything he has. And shares all the secrets in the world. 
sins, etc., which no one knows besides Allah and the angels who wrote them. By exposing all of these things and sharing it with the most closest of people to us, we are making ourselves vulnerable. Because it could happen that the tables turn and this business partner, this childhood friend, and unfortunately, as we see in many cases, this beloved spouse, things turn around. And they're no longer your spouse. They're no longer your business partner. They're no longer your best buddy from childhood. And things turn sour. All of those things that we've shared with them will now become ammunition against us. And will now be used as tools to bring us down, to harm us. They may make a vendetta, a purpose of their life, to harm you. And they would not have been able to do that if we had loved them in moderation. That here's, I'm gonna give you more money than you deserve. I'm gonna give you more gifts than you need. But there's certain parameters of how, of which I'm gonna follow through. And I'm not gonna go beyond that. I am not going to just completely lift up everything and share all the secrets of, of past and present and the future, of day and night, things that are of absolutely nothing to do with you. But by doing so, you never know that intention of that business partner may change. The intention of that childhood friend may change. And he may use those weaknesses that you have exposed to him or her. One day, shaitan may come and say, look, you can beat this person. You can beat the game. You can get ahead of him or her. And now you have an ability of, uh, uh, now you have the know-how of how about, and how about to do that. Shaitan is, yani is, is ajeeb how he plays minds. And not only that, the hearts of Banu Adam are between, the children of Adam are between the fingers of Allah. He turns them in any way he wishes. Love, and, these are emotions that fluctuate like the weather of Chicago. Subhanallah alazim. We have 80 degrees in the beginning of April, then we have 40 degrees at the beginning of May. This is what it is. It'll probably even snow. That's, that's not ajib for this, this city. But that's what emotions are. One day all out love, and one day all out hatred. So you can't trust emotions of people. You can't even trust your own emotions. That is why we are told not to be emotional. When it comes to fulfilling the rights, if you want to express your love to mom and dad, love to your children, love to your spouse, do so in moderation. In a sense that do so according to the rules. I always share this story uh, when, when I am asked to speak at a walima or, 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 or occasion of that sort of nikah, etc. A story of uh, Hakim al-Ummah, the sage of this ummah, Shaykh Ashraf Ali Tanwi, rahimahullah, when he was once asked by his wife, that you go out of your way, mashallah, to fulfill all my rights. I've got no, calm, uh, no, no, no complaints against you uh, about how you treat me. Perfect. The only complaint I do still do have, mashallah, right? because always this, there could be something there. Uh, the complaint I have is that it seems that you're doing it because you have to do it. Rasmi torpa. You're doing it because you have to do it, officially. I don't see the love there. It seems you're fulfilling those rights because you're just, you have to do it. You know? Uh, like, uh, like someone clocks in, clocks out. You, mashallah, you fulfill my rights? Like that. I don't see that emotional love there. So he, he answered her and he said, You made a correct observation. And actually, you are lucky that I do that. You should be happy that I fulfill your rights based on principle and not on emotion. Because emotions fluctuate. One day a person he feels he's madly in love. And one day he feels that subhanAllah he's filled with rage. If I were to fulfill your rights based on the emotion of the day, like they have the ice cream flavor of the day, so then you would be in big trouble. 
One day I bring a bouquet of flowers, the next day, you know, subhanAllah, I might get abusive. You never know. Because I am fulfilling your rights based on internal emotions. And emotions as human beings, these definitely fluctuate big time. So you should be thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that I am fulfilling your rights based on principle. What's that principle? Khiyarukum khiyarukum li ahlikum. The best from amongst you, the Prophet ﷺ said, is the one who treats his family the best. Bas. I have the principle in front of me. I have ittaqullah, ittaqullah, the khutbatun nikah, three ayats are recited, all of them are about the God consciousness, fear of Allah. Those are the principles that are guiding me and guiding anyone who wants to fulfill the rights of his or her spouse. It can't be based on emotion. Because that is why people say, oh, the first week my ustad, Qadayyub Sahib, he gave us advice before we graduated. He said, young ulama, molvis, you guys, mashallah, you're going to get married soon. And you, mashallah, stayed away from sin your whole life. You, weren't, you didn't have girlfriends, etc., etc. So when you get married, you're going to get infatuated with love, many of you. He says, subhanAllah, this is an amazing partnership. Because you've never tasted anything like this before. You never had a haram relationship. So then he said, but take it easy. Because, you know, he's, he's teaching for so many years. He hears. He said, don't go out the first two weeks. You go out spending so much. That you're going, buying out every single day, eating out. Every single day, a new bouquet of flowers. Anytime you go to a store, you need a new washing machine, new dishwasher, left and right, left and right, everything. And then subhanAllah, now you're waiting for your salary, you're already two weeks in debt. Now how are you going to exp- express this to your wife? Now she says, honey, let's get this. He says, uh, even something simple. Now you look and you're, you're maxed out on your credit card. You're maxed out on your debit card. Your checks are cash, everything run out. Now what are you going to say? You, he said, you built up this uh, expectations in the first two, three weeks, or let's say a month of marriage of overspending beyond your means on your wife. And she thought, oh, this is how it is, mashallah. He comes, this, this Mulvi Sa, mashallah, comes with the Khazana of Qarun also, you know, alhamdulillah, right behind him. Or the Khazana of Nidham of Hyderabad or whatnot. He's got tons of just rolling out. No one spent money like this on me before. So she didn't have any expectation. She didn't know how it was going to be. But now she's expecting every single day this. $100 being spent on her every single day. Now, now, you start acting based on your salary amount. That listen, I can spend X amount per week. All of a sudden things turn sour. It would never have turned sour before. If she would have been very happy with whatever you spent on her, if it was let's say $100. But now since we spent a thousand, jumping from a thousand to a hundred, if you sat on one way from one destination to A to B on business class, on the return you sit on economy, trust me, that economy class seat will be your worst flight. For the rest of us, mashallah, we enjoy. Alhamdulillah, everything's fine. 14 hours, 18 hours, we enjoy the flight, we go eat, whatever, and over. But if you sat on business class on one sector, and on the other sector you sat in economy, you will have not a very nice time. Because you'll be comparing it to that. Similarly, a person who overspent in those first two weeks of marriage, for example, over a month, then goes down, whatever you do is never going to be happy, is not going to make them happy. So subhanAllah, coming back to this hadith, how it applies. Rasulullah said that Ahbib when you're loving someone, do so in moderation. Because one day they, they will possibly become your enemy. How do they become their enemy? Two, two things. One is in this world, let's say a divorce takes place, partnership breaks, friendship breaks, etc. And they will use that ammunition against you. That's one thing. Second thing is out of their blind uh, uh, love and, uh, you know, um, Unf- uh, unwavering love for them They ask you to commit a sin Someone says disobey your parents Out of friendship They say disobey Say no to your mom Say no to your dad Or a friend says do this to your spouse Etc, etc What happened? Tomorrow on the day of judgment We're going to be in trouble Our mom and dad Our spouse Our children will be Holding us Accountable for that So what happened? That friend who we obeyed And ended up hurting our family members 
or that spouse who we obeyed ended up hurting our parents, they will become our enemy and we'll be in trouble for that. The flip side of this, and if you have someone you don't get along with, take it easy. You've said it, made it very clear, I don't get along with you, things are not nice, fine. Don't make it your whole purpose and maqsad of life. That every gathering, every walima, every aqiqa, every shadi, non-stop talking about that sour relationship. Non-stop talking about how that person, that school, that place, that organization did that to you. How does that benefit you? Because if you speak so evil about them, one day, let's say you end up needing that person to sign something for you. And I, I can think of instances like this. So that's what I'm telling you. If you need that institution to give you a letter, if you need that masjid or that school to save your son or daughter who's in trouble, how are you going to show your face? Because you've, you've, done, you've created so much uh, you know, uh, bad feelings and rancor. Now you have to. There's no other person besides that person. He's got the keys to this issue of yours. How are you going to go face them? So that's what Rasulullah said. One day that person who you hate all out may become your beloved friend. And every time he wants to enjoy this friendship, sipping a cup of tea, all of a sudden he remembers that harsh statement you had said, or I had said. Unnecessarily. Breaker. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran regarding divorce as well. Tasrihum bi ihsan. What is the worst thing we can think of? Divorce, right? The most painful thing. What does Allah say? Tasrihum bi ihsan. You know, with niceness and kindness part ways. It is not fard, 100% obligatory, set in stone that every marriage is going to last. We hope they do last. But we've seen it doesn't last always. But who said you have to make it World War III? You can, uh, you know, uh, nicely part ways and say it just didn't work out. Let's try something else. Allah give you the best, Allah give me the best. And, and you know, we hope, we pray Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do good for both of us. Khalas. How many people you see that in the community doing that? Instead, it becomes a vendetta for life. That let me ruin that reputation and reputation of anyone connected to that family. And we get no benefit out of that. It's that, that nafsaniyah. Shaitan is dozing, putting what you call gasoline on that fire of, of, of anger and on us. And now we are enraged. Don't do that. Even someone you're upset at, do it in moderation. So what do we learn from this hadith and the, the beginning of the ayah? The best of affairs, the best way to lead your life is to lead a life of moderation. When it comes to eating, when it comes to drinking, when it comes to sleeping, when it comes to venerating the prophets, when it comes to venerating, respecting the mashayikh, scholars, ulama, when it comes to treating your wife, your husband, your parents, your children, all social dealings, do it in a manner that is moderate. Stay away from extremism in any way, shape, or form. Do it in a manner that will not harm you in the long run. And unconditional love is only for who? For Allah and His Prophet ﷺ. Everyone else is conditional as long as they follow the orders of Allah. We will. And if they start harming you, then you have to protect your own self. If they start hurting you, either in this dunya or akhirah, then you have to protect yourself. I pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He allow, allows all of us to lead a life in moderation. That He fills our heart with the love of Allah and His Rasul. That He allows us to enjoy beautiful moments with family, with friends, with relatives, with all others around us. Allow us to enjoy our social relations, but at the same time, allow us to never keep our guard down. Allow us to be protected from, uh, you know, from as Rasulullah subhanallah, he made dua to the Prophet Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min khalilin makirin, aynahu tarayani, wa qalbuhu yarani. 
إن رأى حسنة دفنها وإن رأى سيئة أذاعها. Dua of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Oh Allah, I seek refuge in you. I seek protection in you from a, a conniving friend, from a conniving makar friend. Khalilin makirin. Aynahu tarayani. He looks at Mashallah. I'm very happy. Got a new car. Very happy. Got married. Very happy. Your child is doing well. But his heart inside is burning with hasad, with jealousy, with malice. In ra'as hasanatan, if he sees anything good, he hides it. He will never say, in your absence, he won't praise you. in And in your absence, any, any foolish thing you may have done as a child, or foolish thing you may have done now, he will spread it in the room. He'll talk about it. Hey, did you hear what he did? He will hide your, your good, and he'll spread your faults. Rasulullah sallallahu is seeking refuge in Allah from such a friend. Most definitely we need to seek refuge as well. We ask Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He makes us from amongst the friends of Rasulullah sallallahu the Sahaba, the Siddiqin, the Shuhada, and raise us with them on the Day of Judgment. Ameen, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Kindly fill up the sufuf and perform your sunnah.